Hello, divers. Welcome to season six of the Deep Dive Podcast. And this is Mysteries of the Deep. I'm Tom Feeney, podcaster and purveyor of pop culture propaganda, searching beneath the surface of what seems to be the ordinary, the mundane, the pedestrian. Throughout human history, many empires have risen and subsequently fallen. From the Roman Empire to the Ottoman Empire to the Galactic Empire. Why do even the greatest of empires eventually fall? Well, in many cases, it can be the result of rebellion, plague, or even an invading enemy. Economics can play a role as well. An expanding empire, and let's face it, that's what empires do, needs the resources to maintain its stability. A lack of stability can easily foment rebellion and make you look weak and vulnerable to your enemies. However, this is not a history podcast. The empire in question today is not really an empire at all, but does have a lot in common with those I mentioned. It's a story of money, personal hubris, and internal rebellion. Oh yes, and also mermaids, demons, and the Greek god Atlas. Mm-hmm. This is the story of Empires of the Deep. the vision of one man, Chinese billionaire John Jang. While he made his fortune in real estate, Jang's true passion was movies. His ultimate goal? To be the Chinese analog to a Steven Spielberg or a James Cameron. Yeah, he certainly had the financial resources to make it happen. Jang also had a vision. He wanted to make a massive, big, budget fantasy film that would appeal to international audiences. A blockbuster to rival that of James Cameron's Avatar. Unfortunately, Jang's vision was about as clear as the murky, polluted skies above Beijing. Jang's commitment to this vision was evident in his substantial investment of $130 million. It goes without saying, however, that crafting a film of such magnitude involves more than just financial resources. Despite Jang's substantial backing, the process of translating a concept and dream into a visual spectacle proved to be an insurmountable challenge. By 2010, Empires of the Deep had been in development for several years under the working title Mermaid Island. The narrative was set in an ancient era, featuring a conflict between demons and mermaids. And yes, as I said, guest-starring the Greek hero Atlas. Mm, go figure. Now, to transform his idea into a reality, Jang began the quest for professionals with Hollywood experience. 
He aimed for Empires of the Deep to be a substantial U.S.-Chinese co-production, collaborating with individuals familiar with the Western film industry. Now, given the current status of Chinese-U.S. relations, it seems odd that any kind of productive collaboration between the two film industries could be possible. But, as the old Chinese proverb says, with money, you are a dragon. With no money, a worm. Over the past decade, more and more Chinese-American co-productions have arisen, with varying degrees of success. The one that opened the floodgates, however, came to theaters from the future. Time travel has not yet been invented, but 30 years from now, it will have been. I am one of many specialized assassins in our present called loopers. So when criminal organizations in the future need someone gone, they zap them back to me. And I eliminate the target from the future. Oh la la. Loopers are well paid. We live the good life. And the only rule is, never let your target escape. Even if your target is you. I'm gonna fix this! I'm gonna fight it! I'm gonna kill it! sci-fi thriller Looper was one of the first major Hollywood films to be granted Chinese co-production status. Looper is set in the year 2044, with Joe, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, working as a Looper, or a hitman employed by a criminal organization to eliminate targets sent back from the future. His life takes a dramatic turn when he is assigned to assassinate a future version of himself portrayed by Bruce Willis, a procedure referred to as closing the loop. Joe relocates to Shanghai and gradually transforms into an older version of himself and forms a romantic connection with a local woman named Summer. Tragically, she falls victim to gangsters, leading to old Joe being targeted for elimination by young Joe. However, this time, old Joe manages to evade capture, igniting a narrative reminiscent of a Terminator-style quest to alter the past in order to secure the future. Um, that's, you know, it's much more enjoyable to watch than to summarize. <laughs> now, the original script had no references to China at all, until a Chinese film distributor made a proposal to director Ryan Johnson, who would go on to direct Star Wars The Last Jedi and the Knives Out films. 
bring the production to Shanghai. That was it. Now, while this did offer some initial benefits, it also caused some headaches. And ultimately, there would be two different versions of Looper, one for American audiences and another for release in China. The difference? Well, most of the scenes in the streets of Shanghai were cut from the American release, primarily for pacing reasons. The director felt the added scenes were unnecessary and dragged down the film. Now, the version meant for Chinese audiences included all of the Shanghai-based material that was cut by director Johnson. This set the stage for a controversial partnership between Hollywood and China's government-controlled media. Examples include Taiwan's flag being removed from Tom Cruise's jacket in Top Gun Maverick. Marvel made a Tibetan character from Doctor Strange magically disappear. And Michael Bay portrays the Chinese Communist Party in a positive light in Transformers Age of Extinction. But perhaps the most egregious example of China's film censorship was MGM's decision to digitally transform the villains in the 2012 remake of Red Dawn into North Koreans instead of the Chinese, well after production on the film had ended. Right? Marines, actually. How long are you here for? Uh, a few weeks. 30 seconds left. Just get us in field goal range. 22, 22! The blackout may run along the entire Northwest Corridor. What's going on? If you're seeing this broadcast, you are in a part of the country no longer controlled by the government of the United States. Boys, I love you both, but I want you to do what I would do. Kill this piece They mess with the wrong family. How did this happen? There's a new class of weapon. Everything went offline and never came back. They wipe us out, including U.S. Central Command. What am I supposed to do? I'm gonna fight. Anybody who wants to join is welcome to it. We'll hit them on our terms. We're the Wolverines, and we create chaos. We need to steal that weapon. It'd be the foothold we need and take our homes back. I can. Yes, you can. Relax. We inherited our freedom. Now it's up to all of us to fight for it. This is just some place. For us, this is our home.
Why did this transformation take place? Money, of course. In 2010, MGM was in dire financial straits. They had to enter Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and after restructuring, had a completed cut of Red Dawn to release. But there was no chance that the film would ever be released in China because they were the bad guys. So the film was delayed once more, allowing for multiple changes to the film and making North Korea the aggressors, not China. Korean dialogue was added and all Chinese symbols were digitally replaced with Korean. Not that it really mattered, Red Dawn was never even released in China despite the changes. And the film also bombed in the US. It won the uh, prestigious 2012 Razzie Award for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. Now despite this hiccup, more and more movie studios were cozying up to Chinese distributors in order to cushion the financial blow of making a major motion picture. Of course, the creativity of the filmmakers had to be tempered by the looming specter of Chinese censorship. So what kind of censorship? Well, under the dubious auspices of protecting Chinese citizens from quote-unquote harmful ideas like homosexuality, anti-government storylines, and supernatural elements, well, let's, let's put it the way the publicity department of the Chinese Communist Party. They call it cultural sensitivities. Now, the potential for censorship was the least of the issues facing empires of the deep. Top of the list was finding a director. John Jang had someone in mind for his massive undertaking. Irvin Kirshner, renowned for directing Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back. Kirshner suggested a modern sci-fi reinterpretation of the story to make it more appealing to Western audiences. Jang, however, declined this proposal, leading to Kirshner's departure. Subsequently, Jean-Christophe Komar, also known as Pitoff, director of the abysmal Halle Berry-led Catwoman film, entered the picture with a lucrative offer. But after a year of work, the script's unsatisfactory state prompted Pithoff's exit, and Jiang turned to Jonathan Lawrence, a no-name director with only one feature film to his credit. The only somewhat famous name attached to star in the film was Olga Kirlenko, known for her role in the James Bond film Quantum of Solace. She was cast as the Mermaid Queen. But the film's tumultuous production history continued, marked by a lack of financial stability, an unfinished script, inefficient costume design, and incredibly subpar CGI effects. With multiple directors, actors, and crew members coming and going, Empires of the Deep faced a chaotic and disorganized production process. Ultimately, the film never made it to its scheduled 2011 release date, and all attempts to secure distributors proved somewhat challenging. In the years that followed, various trailers and crowdfunding campaigns attempted to generate interest and funding for the film. 
years have passed since our kingdoms have assembled. Our only hope lies in the prophecy. A hero's journey. All hands on deck! The search for truth and honor. My people have put their faith in me, and I'm their only hope. We've been waiting generations for this moment. The power of revenge. they were met with relative disinterest. Notably, a trailer with improved CGI was released in 2016, but it failed to reach its crowdfunding goal, casting further doubt on the film's future. Now, as of the most recent information available, Empires of the Deep remains in limbo, with no confirmed release date. Despite John Jang's determination to realize his ambitious vision, the film may forever be remembered as a costly and troubled project that never reached its intended audience. So will Empires of the Deep ever be completed? Your guess is as good as mine, and my guess is no. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes available on almost all podcast providers and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And if you like what you hear, write us a review. We'd love to know what you think. Or drop us a line at thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to those and our awesome t-shirt store in the bio of our Instagram page. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Mysteries of the Deep is part of the Deep Dive Podcast family and a production of Automaton Studios.